0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, December 16th, 2021. One of the greatest pleasures I had uh, over the last year or so in my life was reading through all seven of the Chronicles of Narnia books with my daughter, Hannah. And you're probably familiar at least somewhat with these books. And famously, at the center of these books is the character of Aslan, who is clearly meant to to be some kind of figure or type that represents Jesus Christ. And even if you've never read the books, you probably know what Aslan is. He is a lion. And there's some really captivating moments throughout the books as people encounter Aslan even for the first time, and they experience just the the terror and the fright of encountering a lion. You also see people that come to love Aslan and find protection in him, and all of that wrapped up. And there's a famous line that the Beavers say in the first book to the children, you know, when they talk about Aslan and they ask, well, is he safe? And Mr. Beaver says, of course he's not safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. And that imagery of of a lion, right? When you think of a lion, if you were to encounter one, you would experience a sense of fear. And that was one of the amazing things about that character. It was, is that Aslan was able to kind of uh, encounter all these various emotions of both fear, but also wonder and love and affection all in that one character. Well, as we think about how many people think about God and how many people think about Christ today, Often, that aspect of fear is even left out, but what we're going to see in our reading today is it cannot be. Uh, that would be an unbiblical thing to leave out really a thought of fear when it comes to God or when it comes to Jesus, because um, that is all over the Bible. In fact, we'll see a phrase a couple different times today, who will not fear if we really understand who God is. Let's start in the book of Amos, where we read the first five chapters today. And here, as we look at this, this letter is clearly uh, focused a little more towards the northern kingdom of Israel. It starts off uh, in chapter one with short words of judgment against cities and nations surrounding Israel, Um, Damascus, you know, that would be Syria, Gaza, that would be, you know, where the Philistines were, or you can think of the Gaza Strip today, Tyre, Edom, Ammonites, just kingdoms surrounding Israel. And then, even in chapter two, it talks about Judah, where Jerusalem was. But then things shift when it gets to uh, verse six in chapter two, and it starts talking about the sin of Israel. But listen to what it gets to in verse or chapter three, verses seven through eight. It says, For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secrets to his servants, the prophets. The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? And so there you see that idea. The lion has roared. And when a lion roars, the response that is right in the heart is fear. But one thing that becomes clear is that the fear of God has been lost amongst the people of Israel. And they are focused on themselves. Let's go back to chapter 2, verse 6. What is the indictment on Israel? It says, For three transgressions of Israel, and for four I will not revoke the punishment, because they sell the righteous for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, those who trample the head of the poor into the dust of the earth and turn aside the way of the afflicted. A man and his father go into the same girl so that my holy name is profaned. They lay themselves down beside every altar on garments taken in pledge, and in the house of their God they drink the wine of those who have been fined. Right, So God is upset at how they are mistreating his holiness. And even it goes on, they've forgotten what God has done for them. In in some cases, they've become what you could say, fat and happy. Uh, Chapter four gives us this when he calls um, some of the people. He says, hear this word, you cows of Bashan, who are on the mountains of Samaria, who oppress the poor, who crush the needy, who say to your husbands, bring that we may drink. The Lord God has sworn by his holiness that behold, the days are coming upon you when they shall take you away with hooks, even the last of you with fish hooks, and you shall go out through the breaches, each one straight ahead, and you shall be cast into harmony. So there are these people. He's calling them cows. They're fat and happy. They've got everything they want. They're only thinking about themselves. They're oppressing other people. And God says, no, my judgment is coming. And we need to honestly look out at a world and see that there is such a lack of the fear of God in our world. Especially in our nation, we live in a world that is fat and happy, and there is no thought of God. And what we see here, though, is again, God is calling the people to repent. That's what we see in chapter 5. He says multiple times, "...seek me," or "...seek the Lord and live." And I hope that we are the people that first and foremost model that, but also we are the people that pray for our nation, that we are not fat and happy, that we look out at our nation, we look out at the world, and our hearts break because we see a lack of the fear of God. We see people flaunting uh, God and, and just doing their own thing and living life their own way. May we be people that are crying out to God, God, help people to turn and seek you. That's what we want to see. We also see this idea of fearing the Lord in Revelation chapter 15 today. And here it's clearly the preparations with for the seven bowl judgments, these final judgments. But in the middle of this, there's this song that is sung starting in verse 3 that says, Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God, the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. And even just the majesty of that statement, even in the context of the wrath of God, I think should convict many of us that we've grown far too comfortable with the idea of God. When we have forgotten uh, all the times that scripture says, who will not fear that when we consider God's holiness, when we consider his judgment and his justice, there is a right sense of fear that all of us should experience, even as we consider that. And that's where, of course, the good news of the gospel takes away the fear in the sense of fear of condemnation, fear that we will experience that, but it shouldn't ever really take away the fear and the awe and the respect and reverence that we have for this person, for the lion, so to speak, right? That God is still God and he should be feared. He should be worshiped. We should bow before him. So has your heart grown cold or has your heart grown comfortable with God? No, there, there's an intimacy that we can experience with, with God. But it is never meant to be a point where we just consider it as trivial or a light thing. And even the more we understand the fear of of God, the more we can appreciate what he has done for us. The more we will even appreciate the intimacy and the closeness that we can have with this holy God. That's an amazing thing. Uh, let's hold on to some of those thoughts as we go to John 17. Now, remember, this is a prayer of Jesus. And today we're going to look more at now how he prays for all believers. But remember even yesterday how we talked about what is eternal life. It's to know God and to know Jesus Christ whom he has sent. That this God who we rightly say, who shall not fear before this God? He is inviting us into a relationship with Him. And what an amazing thing that is. And what we see today in John chapter 17, verses 20 through 26, is Jesus praying for all believers. And the operative word in this section is one. He wants them to be one. And in verse 26, he said, I made known to them your name, and I will make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So again, this is an overflow of just the unity that the Father and the Son have, and the love that they have for each other. Now, we've been included in that love, that the Father and the Son love us, and that we are meant to include others, our brothers and sisters in Christ, in that love as well. And even just consider this, in this plea of Jesus, uh, as he prays the night before he is crucified, he wants his people to be one. Are you being an answer to that prayer, or are you being a problem? to that prayer? Are you spreading disunity in the body of Christ? Or are you seeking to live out a life of love and of peace with your brothers and sisters? This is clearly what Jesus wanted. So it's pretty powerful to consider that prayer from Jesus. Finally, we look at Psalm 143, 7 through 12, and I just want to comment on one verse here that's one of my favorite verses in the Psalms. Uh, It is Psalm 143, verse 8. It says, Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for I trust in you make me know the way I should go for to you I lift up my soul and I think of you know what I hear in the morning most mornings is my alarm clock going off at some point the alarm telling me it is time to wake up and often uh, that kind of brings some bad feelings as you're thinking I wish I could sleep more I didn't get enough sleep or you start thinking of all the things that you have to do today well maybe instead of just focusing on what we're literally hearing through the alarm clock we should focus on well you know what I'm hearing in the morning the steadfast love of the Lord because his mercies are new every morning. His steadfast love endures forever and I am trusting in him. So in the morning above and beyond all the other noise that I might hear in, in my life, I'm hearing the steadfast love of God. So how great, truly, how great is our God who shall not fear him. Yet of this same God, we can also say, I, I want to hear in the morning of his steadfast love. I hope your hearts are fear, are filled with awe and wonder for the God that we serve, the God that should be feared, the God that we know, and the God that we love today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.